0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: I talked to Lebo Palladi, an attorney of the High Court of South Africa with over eight years in the legal fraternity. He is currently training to be an advocate of the Johannesburg Bar. While he was studying at WITS, he was a research assistant to Tracy Farber with regard to her PhD thesis on the experiences of teenage Holocaust survivors. This Sunday, Dr. Papo will be giving a lecture on the topic, Integrity versus Despair, the Experiences of Traumatized Child Holocaust Survivors, which was the basis of her thesis. And in a minute, I speak to Lebo about his um, role in this thesis. As always, you're welcome to join in the conversation. You can tweet me at Chai fm You can SMS me on 34519. This Sunday, Dr. Barber will give a talk at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center on the results of her research on the experience of trauma and of Holocaust survivors. One of those who will be attending her talk is her former researcher, Lebo Palladi, who joins me now in studio. Um, Lebo, welcome and thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you so much, Cherise. I'm quite happy to be here um, and uh, condolences to the Clegg family on their loss. Uh, it's quite a... Hard loss for South Africans overall.
1: It's, the outpouring has been unbelievable, and from every single quarter. Mm. It's incredible. Um, okay, trauma. <laughs> yes. Level, you were um, Tracy's research assistant while she was doing her her show. How did you become that? So, her, oh, sure. listen to me, her <laughs> her thesis.
0: Yeah, so Tracy put up a an advert at the Vitz psych department saying, you know, is anyone uh who's got time to help me transcribe tapes. There's a project I'm doing, but she wasn't quite specific about it. Once we met and engaged, she told me what it was about that the participants in these tapes are survivors Who are teenagers during the Holocaust And she's trying to understand their trauma And what happened And their views on life Subsequent to surviving the Holocaust And so in that engagement Luckily, and I think that's something That I, I must thank the South African school system Or at least government system um, For teaching about the Second World War And the Holocaust Because it was an easy conversation to have And to meet each other And to understand what this was about And so Going into it, it was important that I took the seriousness and sensitivity of the topic.
1: Okay, we're going to take a break, believe it or not, already. But um, when we come back, um, maybe we can look at your, your engagement with the topic, kind of coming with fresh eyes. Um, but just before we go to the break… The Jewish Community Survey of South Africa will be closing next week, Thursday, the 25th of July. This is your last chance to participate and have your say. Go to www.jcssa2019.co.za to sign up. For more information, please visit www.jcssa2019.co.za. Check out the Facebook page, um, www.facebook.com backslash jcssa2019.
0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High fm
1: And I'm talking to Lebo Palladi, who is an attorney of the High Court of South Africa, but was also a, a research assistant to Tracy Fiber while she was doing her research on trauma and Holocaust survivors. Just before the break, Lebo, um, we were talking about... Uh, you were, you are, how did you get involved? That's what we were talking about. Yes.
0: So as, as I indicated, it was just, um, responding to Tracy's advert for research assistant on the project. Um, and in doing so, what the job required of me was for me to listen to tapes of survivors and transcribe those. And in between each survivor's experience and each tape that I'd get back and forth with Tracy, it was actually engaging with the material itself. And so there was a lot of um, discussions between Tracy and I, and there was a lot of reflection on what one came across. And so part of it was that um, just the pure transcriptions of what was said, but also the engagement and understanding of what these people felt via trauma, loss, or whatever sort of uh, suffering they experienced.
1: And for you as a young black South African who saw the transition, what were your impressions?
0: I mean, in the beginning, it... You know, One takes it as a job So you almost detach yourself from it And say look I'm listening to these stories And I'm going to just type whatever I type But as you go through it It evokes emotion Because you can't ignore When a survivor says in the middle of their story That they were moved from their home To a ghetto in Riga And they watched their father get shot And they had to hang their fellow Jewish people And then have to move to South Africa And try and make sense of the world with such anger and you see that anger played out through how they treat their children, how and this is all set on tape. So once you get into it, you your sort of um sort of uh you know, one narrow way of looking at, you know, the job sort of gets stripped away and you start actually getting involved emotionally in it because really these people really suffered. And and I mean the the story is just harrowing. And so once I got into it, I got to ask myself what makes human beings do what they did, but also how how does one still have such a great spirit of survival and a great spirit of love after suffering such atrocities?
1: I think um, I interviewed uh, Dr. Farber just as her thesis came out on the show a little while back. And for me, it was almost a personal quest for Tracy um, to, to do that research, uh, she, having had Family that died in the Holocaust And obviously for many Jews Around the world, we are just One to two generations away from it So it's always interesting to know How other people receive that kind of Information and hear those stories Possibly for the first time
0: hmm. I mean with it, the the hardest Part is that As human beings We have to learn to be compassionate So I don't think anyone could listen to those tapes Or listen to those stories without actually them either crying or thinking deeply about how we can let our fellow human beings suffer or we can cause such suffering towards them. So in it, as I said earlier, is that for me initially it was a job, but it was important that I captured the essence of what I heard and I captured what I felt so much so that I even went through own personal revelation Having to deal with my own issues Of my father's abandonment And this is not directly linked to the Holocaust But it's linked to feelings that people felt In regard to You know, them wondering whether You know, when, they, when their parents were taken away Without them knowing whether their parents just left But in all of that All these survivors Were children who had to grapple With this monstrosity that was The Nazi regime And them asking themselves, what did I do That was so wrong by just being Jewish it's, it's, it, it's hard to not think about also what other genocides that happened in the world or others, uh, you know, we come from apartheid to think when someone goes, what is it about me that makes another person think they can violate me?
1: Um, how many tapes did you listen to?
0: Oh, uh, quite a number of tapes. I mean, um, when I go back, I think in terms of the number of survivors I listened to, there were close to 10 survivors. Yes. And so some varied. There were up to 14 tapes with some. Some would be four. Some broke down. They couldn't just carry the story forward. It was one or two tapes. But what you got to see is how everyone has dealt with it differently. There's no unique story. There's no – no story is homogenous. Every story is unique in its own way and – that was sort of what I had to also take cognizance of as I was transcribing, is to treat each story exactly as it was, as opposed to lumping together to say, you know, this is the Holocaust, everyone suffered.
1: Yeah, they were taken, they were, you were tortured, they were, you know, set free, kind of thing. It's it's not like that at all.
0: No, and and I mean, the the, the devastation and the loss is felt in the recollections by people. People till this day still struggle with the closure of. Not knowing where their parents went, knowing that an uncle of theirs told them your father died in Auschwitz, but not knowing how they died. And your, un- your father was a Muslim and while he was there, um, he was shot by, by the Nazis. Or, I mean, a sad story that that is also a consequence of, of the war is after the liberation, one of the survivors and his friends gathered potatoes because they were down to one a day during the the, the war. And they got cooking oil and they went into the forest and they made chips. But they died because of the fact that of the, of the richness of the fat content. And that in itself, you, you can't help but but think deeply about it and say, you know, how how do we make sense of it?
1: How do you think we can convey the story of the Holocaust? I know we have educate um, the Holocaust centers. We have uh, Holocaust centers doing amazing work throughout the country. We have this as part of the school syllabus. Do you think we're doing enough? And do you think the universal message of it is broad
0: enough? I think with it it's I, I'm always I'm always very humbled by the phrase never forget. Because that's the first part of it. So you've got to go to the epicenter of where this harm comes from. And I was, I was lucky I went to Berlin a few years back and I went to the memorial there, which is which reminds you of the depth of it. And so in it, it's important not to lose the original story, but it's important that the story spreads like ripples in water, that people are reminded of ultimately that this is when man lets evil in their heart fester and exact on other people. And so as uh, Martin Niemöller says, we need to stand up for each other. And that's that's the part that I think with it, um, we, we, we can try and gather all of these struggles that are happening in the world So that we can actually break down what's actually resulting in this thing, which is the depravity of human behavior, which is not checked by society and which we sometimes let loose. Um,
1: uh, How long were you working for Tracy?
0: I worked for Tracy from, if I recall correctly, from 2009 to sort of the middle of 2010. Did you need counseling afterwards? I did need counseling afterwards. But with it, what was always fascinating was the conversations I had with Tracy. Because in it, one couldn't help but insert themselves into the narrative. But luckily, my brother's a clinical psychologist. And um, so in that, it was sort of those conversations with him, but also I also sought my own therapy.
1: Okay, so you had a chance to have conversations with Tracy. You are going to be with Tracy on Sunday afternoon. I'm just going to give the details because um, it's a fascinating topic. Uh, um, the research is thorough. It's absolutely fascinating. And Dr. Farber will give a talk at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center on the results of her research, which she, um, she was helped with by um, Lebo Palladi. And it's on the experience of trauma of Holocaust survivors. And um, please do go, if you would like, to RSVP. It is essential, D-O-W-I at jhbholocaust.co.za or 011-640-3100. Lebo, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me, Cherise.